Welcome to the Devo Unfiltered podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Budner. We are here to engage, educate, and hopefully empower you. Today's episode is going to be about infertility. Infertility basically means not being able to become pregnant after a year of trying. So if you're a woman and you cannot get pregnant, or if you keep having miscarriages or stillbirths, that's also infertility. Infertility is actually fairly common. After one year of having unprotected sex, about 15% of couples are unable to get pregnant. And today we're going to talk about infertility with the African context, especially specifically within the Gambian context. We have amazing guests that are gonna join us today. So my take on infertility is that I know it happens a lot in Gambia as well as in, in Africa in general, but a lot of us are very private about it. We don't want to share the journey that we're going through. There's a lot of shame attached to it. There's a lot of blaming attached to it. There's a lot of guilt and most of the time, that guilt is directed towards the women. So I know for one, I have an aunt who till this day doesn't have children and um, she struggled with, with infertility. She was married, um, couldn't have kids and her husband married a second wife and had loads of kids with that woman. And she actually took on one of those children, a daughter, and raised her as her own. So I know that's common um, story that you'll hear in Gambia. Oh, Mary, what's your take on infertility in, and especially with Africans or Gambians? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, you know, that's you very true. Um, what you mentioned is very right. Our reproductive system is just one that people um, in our community really shy away from. Um, and like you said, you know, the stories, I think we all have aunties or cousins or friends um, within our own communities that could not bear children. And, um, you know, the husband had to marry a second wife and had kids. Or um, in my case, I have um, quite a few friends that went into and did the IVF where they ended up uh, conceiving. Um, I have really good, uh, really one of my best friends that has twins because of that. Um, I have another friend who just recently went into um, the option of egg freezing. And that's opened my eyes into, you know, like, oh, wow, that you can freeze your eggs and you could even freeze your sperm, which I didn't even know that because I thought guys could have kids all the way to 80, um, which I think it's true. And um, I have another friend who really went into surrogacy and adoption as well that couldn't bear children. But I think um, another thing that might be, um, um, you know, a, a factor would be um, a lot of um, some of these SDIs or STDs that are not treated um, that end up becoming something um, uh, something later that could be a pelvic inflammatory disease um, that could uh, hinder, um, you know, um, conceiving later. But I think um, the biggest will be the stigma on what it means to have infertility issues within our communities should be something that today I'm excited to hear from the two um, really great speakers and um, to uh, share their stories with us. So I'll share with Dr. Nafi um, now. You can go on and share your, your take as well. Thanks, ladies. I think both of you made 
really good points as far as infertility. So in our community, just like both of you just said, we do know people who haven't had kids, you know, like there's that, you know, older auntie in the community that has been married, but never had kids. So, you know, the things that are usually said about them, the stigma, you know, like you said, social stigma that goes with that, you know, we're all very aware of it. It's not right. And this is one of the reasons why we are having this conversation today to kind of, you know, bring, uh, uh, open up our minds and eyes as to some of the ways that we treat um, people that are going through journeys of infertility. And just like Anna had said in the beginning, so in general, to put it in a medical context, uh, in, in infertility, it just means the inability to achieve pregnancy, right? After you've been trying for a whole year of regular sex, regular sex, meaning unprotected sex, you, you're not on birth control, you're not using condoms or anything like that. Now, to give you an example, I, I know it says a year of trying, but um, depending on what age you are, that also makes a difference. So for example, let's say we have um, a, a girl named Kumba and Kumba is 26 years old and she's tried for a whole year and she can't have a, a, a baby. You know, she's having unprotected sex, you know, um, all, all times of the month, right? To try to get pregnant. And after a year, if she can't, then she would need to go in and get evaluated by a doctor to try to figure out both her and her husband actually need to go in and get evaluated to see, you know, if there's any issues going on. Now, on the other hand, let's say we have a girl, uh, Bintu, for example, right? So if Bintu is, to, is, is 37, 38 years old, and she also just recently got married and she's trying to have a baby. Now, the difference between Kumba and Bintu is going to be the age difference, because remember, Kumba was in her 20s. So she can wait a whole year and try before she seeks help. Now, in Bintu's case, she's a bit much older. So anybody older than 35 years of age, which is what we call um, advanced maternal age. If you're 35 and up, you're considered advanced maternal age. So anything after that age, I would say you cut it off at six months. You don't wait a whole year like Kumba would, right? So you go at six months of trying, unprotected sex. So then Bintu should go and seek help or talk to her doctor to get worked up to try to figure out what's going on. And just to throw out some data is that infertility, it is very, it's very, very common uh, worldwide. You know, people deal with it in every culture, every cor uh, corner of the world. About 50 million uh, people worldwide actually deal with that. And uh, in the U.S. especially, uh, 10 to uh, 10 to 20 percent of couples in the U.S. Um, deal with trouble getting pregnant or staying pregnant. And so when we talk about infertility, there are causes of, of, of that. And so there can be a male factor to this. There can be a female factor to this. And there can also be a combined factor, meaning the guy might have some issues, the girl might have some issues. And so together, it's getting harder for them. And so there's also those that it's unexplained, right? Infertility. The man and the woman, they're both fine. There's nothing physically wrong with them, right? Or their reproductive organs. But at the same time, they still are not able to conceive together. And this is about 25% of couples, actually, that this happens to. 
um, that there's unexplained infertility. So for the male factor, there's about, you know, 25 to 30% of the time, it's the man's issue. And so about 20 to 25% of the time, it could be a woman's issue. And then 40% of the time, it's a combination of the man and the woman, the issue for infertility. So um, we'll jump in and talk a little bit later about what are the specifics of uh, the man's uh, factors, meaning their low sperm count or mobility count, or the, you know, the sperm might look abnormal. Those would all um, be factors of why uh, they're suffering from infertility. And for the women, you know, things like um, ovulation dysfunction, like you're not releasing eggs the right way at the end of the, the month or each month, which has to do with like um, hormone um, imbalance. You can have like uterus issues, like abnormalities in your uterus. You can have tube obstructions, like our Mary just mentioned. If somebody was suffering from untreated STIs, you know, chlamydia, gonorrhea, any of that, you've had it for an extended amount of time and it hasn't been treated. It causes scarring in your tube, the fallopian tubes, which makes it harder for you to also conceive. Um, but I'm going to pass it on to Anna for now, and then we'll discuss more uh, about these various aspects of causes for infertility. Thank you, Dr. Nafi, for that very well-informed um, blurb you gave us about infertility so that we can hear the statistics. So now I would like to introduce our first guest. Um, our first guest on the show today about infertility is none other than Baram Wasahalat Sistanjai. Sistanjai, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, thank you. Um, thank you, Anna. Uh, my name is Sistanjai, actually Salinjai, but everybody calls me Sistanjai, and I'm um, I'm a young Gambian entrepreneur, um, CEO and founder of Brand Plus Media and Entertainment and uh, Wasahala Music Awards. And I've been a media personality most of my life. Yeah, basically that's it. Great. Thank you so much for that introduction. I just know that I wasn't going to do it justice. But first question we want to ask is, um, of course, we just want to put a disclaimer out there that you're only to share what you're comfortable sharing, right? So we wanted to just take, um, hear your take on your journey, how it's been um, so far, because you're very young. Um, we're trying to conceive. Right, um, thank you again. Uh, and apologies for the voice. I have a very bad call these days, uh, but I'll try to play. Masa. Yeah, so um, I've been married for like um, seven years this year since 2014 and uh, since then we've been trying um kind of succeeded once uh, but had a miscarriage and um, since then uh, it has been a no-no so um it has been a huge struggle uh with us being in the public eye because my husband is an artist and um, i'm also in the media so um, all eyes are on us uh, people have been um I don't know, uh, they've, been, they've been counting days, months, um, watching, uh, watching my womb and asking for a child. So it, it's been tough. It's been tough, really. But um, we're still hanging in there and hoping one day um, we, we can have our own baby, inshallah. Dr. Nafi um, and um, our Mary, I'll yeah, throw it sure. to you to ask um, questions. So I know you've... Um you mentioned that you know you've 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 been trying for seven years 
um, mm-hmm. and you know, no success. Have you considered any types of fertility treatment, i.e., like IVF or um, other forms of um, treatment in in terms of maybe surrogacy or adoption or um, you know, just just kind of share whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. Um. Uh, after testing both of us, and uh, we were told we were okay, uh, mm-hmm. because because I've done. The- done a test and um, took the Clomid, uh, is it Clomid? Clo- yeah, Clomid, mm-hmm. Clomifem. Yeah. Yep. yeah, did the Clomid cycle for like um, three to four times, then I stopped going because um, it was like um, getting your hopes up and then at the end of the day getting a disappointment. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to stop going and maybe it's just going to come because I- I'm told nothing is wrong, but uh, I was still even doing the clomid thing but it wasn't working so um adoption is something uh we do talk about but nothing serious yet because we still have our hopes high that one day it's gonna happen um we have this uh, we kind of have this belief that it's some sort of an evil eye because we are both in the public eye and people are always um watching us um i've been i've been um I've been on Watson Gambia that I'm pregnant a couple of times. I've been on <laughs> platforms when I upload pictures and um, my tummy is kind of big or half pictures. People will start questioning, oh, Yangi Laws, you're doing short pictures because you're expecting. So we, we kind of believe uh, this um, evil eye is part of it. So um, with um, IVF, it's something we would want to look into, even though... Um, from the research that I've done, um, it's way too expensive. I don't even think they're doing it in the Gambia. I'm not sure, yeah, but it so. might be something. Yeah, it might be something we'll be considering in the future. Um, but right now, um, we, we're just we're just hoping and praying. Okay. Thank you so much, sister. I just want to welcome you to our platform. Um, and, and we really appreciate you sharing your story because these types of stories, like we talked about prior to you coming on, is that there's a huge social stigma uh, surrounding it and attached to infertility. So we truly appreciate you coming on. Um, can you remind me again, um, how old are you? Um, I clocked 32 this Tuesday. Oh, okay. So you're going to be 32. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, so, so you have, you said you've been trying for a few years now. So like it, you've started trying since in your twenties, correct? Yeah, that's right. So it, it's important. I ask these questions because I want our audience to kind of understand as far as age-wise. So sister would fall under the category of less than 35 mm-hmm. years of age, right? And so again, she said that her and her partner both got tested and they both are okay. And that's also the part. Remember I told you that 25% of couples will fall under the unexplained infertility, meaning there's nothing wrong with either partner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're just not able to conceive together. And so... I wanted you to, if you could give us uh, or tell us a little bit about how this journey has been for you psychologically, because I know that for our community, we have had 
you know, a lot of shame attached to the fact that a woman cannot give birth or a woman is not a mother because in our culture, we attach almost, um, we, we almost attach value to womanhood or motherhood, right? So if you're not a married woman, your value in our community is very small or low. And if you're right. not a mother, then you're seen as just that furniture that's in the house, right? Mm -hmm. You're not of you in the family. And so I wanted you to give us a little bit about what your psychological, um, uh, uh, you know, um, the psychological part of things, how has that been for you? Is it, do you have a, a, a very supportive family or are you dealing with things? Is it like causing you stress, you know, depression, anxiety, because these are some of the things that some of the women in our community go through when they deal with this kind of issues. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, um, the, the, the effect it, it is more, mostly coming from um, people in the outside, um, mm -hmm. but within my family, they've been supportive. In fact, um, I usually even think, okay, is, is my mom okay? Because she hardly talks to me about um, pregnancies and stuff like that. Even though we have this this very um, interesting relationship, me and her, we have this um, shyness between us. Um, usually, usually, I'm more open to my big sister, and my big sister will tell her about me than me and her, and she'll talk to my big sister as well. That's the kind of relationship we have. But anytime she mentions anything about um, having babies and stuff or pregnancies, is when um, she's praying for me. Like we, we're chatting, maybe I do something nice for her or she, she's just praying for us or bad days or anniversaries. And then that's when she'll mention um, babies. But other than that, she hardly says anything. She hardly says anything. Except for um, one time I remember. She was the reason I actually did the cervical cancer test because um, that was like two years ago or three years ago. I, I used to have this, um, I still do anyways, uh, these menstrual cramps, I, I, so much pain. And she was like, you know what? Um, I've spoken to one, one doctor around here and she said, you should go do the test. I know she said it because maybe um, it might be the cause of me not give, um, having a period or conceiving. So I just did it. And um, luckily I was okay too. That was the only time. And on my in-law's side, they do joke about it, uh, but nothing serious, like giving me stress, um, calling me a man in the house or none of that stuff. So Alhamdulillah on that part. The, the, the pressure only, um, the pressure distress only comes from like outside the fans, um, the friends that will just um, throw certain questions at you or just comment certain things or compare you uh, with other people or, or even they've gotten to the extent of even telling me, okay, you know what, you need to give him a child because um, Esti has a child, um, Jizzle has a child. These are artists he's in the same industry with. So it's kind it's always stressing on that side, but on the, when it comes to family and friends, it's cool. It it even got to the extent of um when my friends are pregnant, they wouldn't tell me because I think they, they're scared of hurting my feelings or making me feel some type of way. So they they're really supportive on that side, honestly. Wow. Honest it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Thank you so much. I feel like you're so open and it's so nice for you 
I mean, we truly appreciate you being this vulnerable and just sharing so much. And I guess where I'm trying to um, come in and figure out is how is your partner in this? Because fertility, infertility issues affects both the husband and the wife, you know? So I know a lot of times we focus so much on the woman. Um, we almost forget the husband and we, we forget the man, but he's also part of this and he's going through this. So as a couple, how are you? Are you each other's support system? And also outside of your husband, do you have a core support system that you know you can go to them and talk about things and it's okay. Like they're not so concerned about hurting your feelings where you know you can be vulnerable and it's received and you're comforted. Okay, um, my partner is, is like, <laughs> he's, he's like so calm and chilled about it. Even though um, sometimes I even worry myself like, um, like when I'm in my mood because it, it gets to me sometimes. I'm like, okay, you know what? He doesn't even care. But um, I got to understand he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. That's why he doesn't bring things up. So um, when we got an understanding about these things and we talk about these things, he'll be like, he doesn't even want to talk about it just to put pressure on me because he knows the kind of person I am. And, um, but in my case, I would appreciate it being talked about. I don't know if I'm, I'm a different person for that, but I appreciate talking about kids, like um, how you're going to be um, with our son or with our daughter. Like, recently I got to understand he is going to be more of a um, girl dad because <laughs> kids in our street here are so used to him mm-hmm. and um, w- w- when he's away they'll just come upstairs and just start chilling with him and he'll be asking questions so I do observe him with these um, uh, with, the, with, with the girls and I'm like okay you are going to be a girl dad and I'm going to be um, uh, close to my son so mm-hmm. we're going to have a son for so we, we're getting to that level where we talk about it and it's normal Mm-hmm. Um, unlike before so for us it's okay uh, when we talk about it he's always telling me you know what we're going to have a child you know what it's going to happen Chaplarek. yeah mm-hmm. it's going to happen so so um, he's, he's, he's really been supportive about it no pressures coming from him he doesn't even um, like talking about it like I said just so I don't feel pressured in, in any way mm-hmm. and um, talking about whether I have someone I talk to of course I have um, two friends, um, both have kids. One of them is a nurse and um, the other is in America. So we talk about a lot of things, especially um, when it comes to kids and um, conceiving and stuff. And they, they do research about me and tell me realities like, okay, you know what? Um, and I appreciate their honesty. Like this, the, the, the lady that's a nurse, she'll tell me, you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. What if you, you, you never have a kid? What if you're never going to have a kid? Mm-hmm. What is going to be your option? Are you going to consider adoption? Um, mm-hmm. th- these people are the reason why I'm actually comfortable talking about it because on a normal, on a normal day, I, I would have been just keeping everything to myself, mm-hmm. but they always make it comfortable to, for me to talk about it. They'll check on me here and there and be like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. just, just bring it up here and there and just talk, talk to me about it. Especially when, when I'm having my menstrual cramps and then um, they know straight away during those days I'm always down so they'll reach out and check on me and still tell me you know what um, it's gonna happen someday or maybe if it's not gonna happen you're gonna add up someday mm-hmm. so 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 yeah I have the support um, from family and friends I'm so happy to hear that um, sister because I feel like 
you know, it's important to have a support support system and knowing that your husband is also there and you guys are able to talk about it. You've got to a point where you guys can discuss it. And he knows that talking about you doesn't talking about it mm-hmm. doesn't hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. but it makes you feel better since you're one of those people that actually likes to discuss it and talk about options. And um, before I pass it on to our Mary, I just wanted to ask, what do you do for yourself as far as self-care? You talked about when you're on your period, your best friends, the nurse and the one who's in the U.S., they know that those are times when you're down and you're moody. So what do you do for self-care and for self-love and just to uplift yourself? Okay. Um, I'm a very weird person. Um, I keep telling people, you know what? I don't want a lot of things. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I'm with my phone, when I have TV, when I have internet, I'm good. <laughs> but but um, the extra things are maybe um, hanging out around friends. I always want to be around people. Some days I'm, I'm just a moody person. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be with my phone. But some days I want to be with friends or go out driving long drives. Lately, um, long drives alone, listening to music in the car has been a therapy for me. And I enjoy doing that. So that's something, um, that's one of, one of the things that I do for self-care. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes mm-hmm. go to the beach and just take a stroll. But those moments take me to uh, the other side as well. So I do avoid it. Yeah. yeah, but uh, when it comes to self-care, um, I, I, I love sneakers. So when I have sneakers, when I have new shoes, I just put them <laughs> on and get them. These are one of the things that I do for self-care. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm aware. Yes, I saw your... <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just going to say that I saw your birthday pictures with your new Jordans. Those were hot. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, those make me happy. Those things make me happy a lot. My husband got them for me and yeah. These are, these are things he does and he knows what I want and what makes me happy. So, mm-hmm. And that's great. You're, very, you're, you're a lucky woman or, and he's a lucky man too, I guess. Um, so just, yeah, um, I would say that I guess our cultures are inherently conservative and mm-hmm. conversations regarding obviously our women or our bodies are virtually really non-existent because what you mentioned about you and your mom, the relationship you you have, and it's as such any attempt to discuss anything like that, even among like friends or even family can be excruciatingly embarrassing. And so, especially with members mm-hmm. of um, our older generation. So what advice would you give like for anybody listening that is kind of have like the same similar situation um, with you where you know these are things that you really cannot discuss with your mom like per se you have to go through a third party like but your sister mm-hmm. your sister relays a message then I mean it's nothing like um, I wouldn't say it's anything serious but you would want to kind of have those relationships and I know this is like not only you this happens in lots of communities especially in African communities um, where, you know, we want to kind of see how we can break these cycles so that it doesn't continue happening for the next generation. What advice would you give for, you know, women, um, whether they are our age or even um, older, to say, hey, like, really embrace, you know, your daughters and have these conversations and so on? Like, what, what would you say? Okay, um, I'll advise them to be open um, to their mother from the beginning and the mother, mothers also have a role. Um, I've always been a girl dad. I've always been closer to my dad. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I have this kind of relationship with my mom. 
Um, but I think as a, as as women, we need to we need to like you say we need to stick together. Um, even though usually the the male child is always closer to the woman to the to the mom, and the female child is always closer to the dad, I still think there's supposed to be a relationship, especially when it comes to your sexuality, your health, and stuff like that. You should be able to be um, comfortable enough to talk to them about it. Like uh, until today, I've never spoken to my mom about the, the miscarriage I had. Mm. I don't even know how to bring it up. Yeah, so <laughs> mm. uh, that's just me. I have this awkward relationship with them. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm the different child with them. I have my principles. Um, I'm different from all of them. Um, I'm cool with all of them, but also uh, there are certain things that I don't talk about to any of them. So like, like usually when there are issues, um, I'm the one that be like, you know what? You need to stop stressing yourself because when you die today, I'm gonna be pissed at all your other kids <laughs> for killing you. So it's better you be right. cool. So yeah, yeah, this is the kind of relationship that we have. And she'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're right, one digger. Wow, Monkey. Yeah, uh, that's that's the kind of relationship we have. We have this right. like strict, um, uh, informal but also formal relationship. So which, mm-hmm. but I'm still. Mm. Oh, sorry. And just just go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still I'm thinking. I do still think whether um if I'm if I if I if I conceive one day, how I'm gonna tell her. I still think about these things, like how I'm gonna comfortably tell her. Uh, okay, uh, I don't even know if I'm gonna tell her. I don't know. So because we don't we don't have that relationship. Unlike my sister, um, who's so much closer to her, she can she can just even have a headache and then call her. But to me, um. I can be sick for days and they wouldn't even know. I can be talking to them every day, but they wouldn't even know. So like, this is the kind of relationship we have. So my advice is let them be open. Let them, let them start doing this from childhood. Be open about their health, their sexuality, and a lot of things. And this can even um, prevent a lot of things happening, especially nowadays. Um, the, the stigma, um, a lot of things that are happening to the female child and they don't even know about mm-hmm. it. So if there is a relationship, I believe um, it can it can it can um, avoid it can be something that can avoid a lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. If you're open, like free to talk mm-hmm. to your mom, like I keep saying these things. When I have a, a female child, you're gonna be very open to me. I'll talk to you about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Right now, right now I have my I have my um, niece living with me. She's she's about to be 18 next week, and. I do talk to her. I'll be like, okay, you know what? Who are you chatting with? Are you talking to your boyfriend? But she doesn't have that with her mom too. Mm. She's more comfortable talking to me than her mom. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm the cool auntie that they can talk to, but with the mom, she's stressed and all that. But I always tell myself, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to make her comfortable to talk to me mm-hmm. about everything. Like, no, um, there can be boundaries, but she should be able to be uh, comfortable to tell me mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. yeah so I think yeah that's my advice to everyone listening. that's good yeah because I mean you kind of answered the other question that I had um, that follows to see that if you will be breaking the you know the the cycle of um, you know the relationship kind of the relationship you have with your mom um, so you've already answered that, that you would, you know, definitely have a better relationship with your daughter. But I would also encourage you to do the same with your mom, because I don't think it's too late. Um, just having those mm-hmm. like real conversations, because those are 
very, very important to have as, you know, between a mother and daughter. And sometimes, you know, when mm-hmm. they're older, they don't know how to come in and approach. So you being the younger, maybe mm-hmm. just be more aggressive mm-hmm. into that. Like, look, we're going to have this conversation today. Like, let's just talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. All right. Dr. Nafi, for you. Thank you so much. It's really, you know, just listening to what um, uh, uh, sister was saying regarding her and her mom, it is actually quite common uh, for, especially in our community, that that's the type of relationship most people have, where, you know, you don't talk about things sexually, like if a woman was struggling in her marriage sexually, they would not feel comfortable to say to their mom, hey, this is the issue I have, you know, because it, it, it all goes uh, back to the idea or the, the, the fact that sex is a very taboo subject in our community. We don't talk about it with our parents. We don't talk about it with our aunties. Everything is just hush, hush, hide, hide, you know. And it just breaks my heart that she went through a miscarriage, but she couldn't even tell her mom about it. And I'm sure she's not alone in this. There's tons of women who go through these types of, of, you know, tragedies, you know, but they can't tell somebody close to them in the family because the relationship is not there. Like it's not, our culture doesn't foster, oh, you know, feel free to go talk to your mom about this. I mean, We've talked about this in in some of our other episodes. How many moms actually sit down with their children, their daughters, and explain um, like menstruation to them, periods, right? How many? Not a lot, right? Like the girl would go into puberty and one day just have bleeding and have no idea what it is because nobody has ever you know, sat her down and explained that as a girl, you're going to go through this kind of, you know, cycle in life. So we're missing that component of connection, especially between mothers and daughters, where if somebody was struggling with something like this, and, you know, uh, in combination with the fact that it's also a very, like I said, you know, it's a stigma. So you don't want to be more stigmatized more than you already are. And unfortunately, sometimes even our families will stigmatize us, right? You will hear the family members saying to you, you know, we have to get away from this mentality of embarrassing people in public about their, their personal life issues. You know what I mean? Like we have to stop saying things like, you know, when are you going to have a kid? Because in sister's case, somebody could have asked her that on the street. Hey, sister, can you am dom? And maybe she had just suffered from a miscarriage the day before. Right? So mm-hmm. we need to become more mm-hmm. sensitive and not feel obliged to be all up in somebody's womb or in, you know, in their uterus and try to find out and dictate or pressure couples into when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Because that can translate into stress and strain into that couple's marriage, right? It becomes an issue. All of a sudden you two were okay without having children, but the outside factor of the community adding their two cents and making you feel like you are less than for not having children, it can take a toll on you. 
So what I would say to you, mm-hmm. sister, is that, you know, keep your husband as your support system and you guys need to make sure you stay focused because as you're getting older, there's going to be more and more pressure put on you and you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm running out of time. I need to do something. And, and that could become stressful for you two in your marriage. So you need to make sure when your husband, mm-hmm. you know, are each other's you know, ride or die, and you support each other. Sometimes one person might be weaker mentally and break down and, and, and cry about this situation. And as long as the other is there to just, you know, keep them strong and keep them going and just drown out all the, 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 the background chatter. People, we need to make sure our communities that we become more sensitive and not feel obliged to embarrass women, especially in public about, their infertility journey. So, but thank you so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. 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 And before you leave, I have one last question. So sister, my last question for you is, since you're having um, infertility issues and you're going through your journey of trying to conceive, does the pressure of that affect your sex life or do you still whip out your <laughs> bechos and your bin bins and sexy time? It's still sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, actually, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, like I said, um, he's been supportive. And so we've been like um, taking this really normal, um, chilling and enjoying life. No pressure. In fact, um, some days, we're so busy that um, we miss our, we miss my ovulation day. And I'll be like, well, you know, yesterday I was ovulating. And he'll be like, yeah. that, that's how we are. We're just so chill about it. <laughs> Not like, okay, you know what? Be prepared. Next week is my fertility period. And we're going to be having sex all through. No, no pressure. No pressure. That's very good. I'm so happy to hear that. Sister Njai, we just want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story. It has been amazing having you on. We wish you all the best and we definitely have all the good juju coming your way, all the positive vibes and energies coming your way. And we look forward to you having your beautiful baby girl and baby boy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving me the platform. Absolutely. Thank you, sister. Oh, wow, you guys. This is amazing. Like just listening to her story, just it gets me inspired because mm-hmm. most of what we're used to is not positivity. You know, it's not nothing positive. You know, there's not a lot of positivity when it comes to infertility in our community. Right. So I'm very like, oh, I have, I, I just, it gives me hope that her mm-hmm. and her husband are on the same page you know, uh, as far as psychologically, and they're, they're, they're trying to keep each other uplifted, because most often we see one person beating the other person down as the reason why they can't have kids, you know, so even, even, even when she said that that doesn't affect their sex life, in most cases, it does, where one person feels like, oh, I can't have kids, so I'm not even in the mood to have sex. Like it, it definitely takes a toll on their, a lot of couples' sex life. For example, my friend, she stopped having sex with husband literally for over a year while like this whole thing was 
was mm-hmm. happening because they went and got tested and things were not happening. So she just feels like, you know what? I'm not like, she just was not in the mood at all. Like she, every time he wants to, you know, get in the groove and she's just like, Oh gosh, no, like I don't feel like it. So it can affect couples sex life. And in some instances, it could be the beginning of the end for some couples marriage on Right. But it definitely gives me hope, her story and her experience um, as, as, as far as her infertility journey goes. Absolutely. It really did. Um, So I guess we'll be um, listening in from our second um, speaker. Yeah, go ahead, Anna. Um, um, Yeah. I've already um, sent her a message to join our conversation right now. And so we'll just wait for her to jump in. But before she jumps in, I just wanted to also just say that, um, Dr. Nafi, you're so right. Like, there are a lot of couples. I have friends, too, who when they mm-hmm. go through infertility, it affects mm-hmm. their sex life. So it's so nice that, you know, Sister Jai has the complete mm-hmm. opposite experience where it's like her husband is supportive, her family members are supportive. If anything, what I heard most was that the mm-hmm. pressure and the right. watchers are the outsiders. It's like, you know, the pressure is not even coming from her inner circle. She has a mm-hmm. great best friends with the nurse mm-hmm. and the one in the U.S. And they're doing research and they're making her, you know, like open her eyes to the reality yeah. that, okay, it might not happen. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't right. happen, what are your other mm-hmm. options? And I feel like that's so healthy, you know, and then, you know, that's not mm-hmm. always everybody's mm-hmm. um, experience, no, sure. unfortunately. The pressure can be a lot, you know, especially with in-laws. That's why I'm most surprised about, yeah. like, you know, um, you know, the in-laws, unless she really doesn't know what's happening. But it seems like she has really, really good um, in-laws because sometimes that could be where, you know, the issue will come in. Like, you know, hey, like, are you, can you can you imagine, like, you're not going to have grandkids? Like, are you sure you're not going to bring babies if she cannot have the babies do you want to go marry somebody mm-hmm. else to you know have you know to to bring in the kids or we want to leave the seed and and you know it's still a really big taboo like to adopt in in you know in Africa or even in Gambia really um you know adopt adoption it's like everybody like I think we all kind of have somebody f- at your house who grew up with you that wasn't you know from your mom and dad's mm-hmm. side but you know it's still um, not con- it's I don't know I feel like in the Gambia that mentality is still like oh it's not your mm-hmm. child like your child really is your blood your DNA mm-hmm. like um, so I don't know how that will be like if somebody decides to mm-hmm. adopt um, because at the end they still no matter what will look at you as an outsider mm-hmm. um, at least from what I've seen um like in families where you know you know that you've had this child like from a baby and you'll say yeah you know even the like their own family will be like yeah yeah you know like because you know he wasn't it's not my mom and dad's it's like you know the nukosida or something like mm-hmm. that and i'm thinking oh my god that's literally your brother or your sister you mm-hmm. know what i mean because you guys kind of grew up together but i think it's that mindset mm-hmm. 
um, that's just been really, really tough. So I think what we'll do, maybe in the meantime, since we're waiting on yeah. Sini, we should just go ahead and do that into the Wolof, what we've, you know, yeah. what we've discussed right now, in Wolof and Mandinka while Sini is coming in. Right. So at least, you know, we can, um, yeah. So I would, uh, I would start with the Jola, but I'll just kind of hey, let awa. that slide today. Yeah, you are. You know, the, the, yeah, it's not sinking in. <laughs>
jigen bu neka buga nga jor waye du ñepp buga dom nak amna ño xamne buguñ dom te suñ bëggu dom lolu waxtan bo xamne war ngeen ko waxtan bala ngeen sey su ko defé yeen ñaar yeb ngeen anda ci cadeau bobu especially the part where i wanted us to touch up a little bit on was that in our community you know women um, are expected uh, to stay within in a relationship mm-hmm. if the husband is the one who is infertile women expe- mm-hmm. are expected to stay with him however if it, if the tables are turned mm-hmm. around and the husband is the one who i mean sorry the wife is the one who is having problems the very first instinct the family is going to say to him is leave her and go marry somebody else we need to stop doing right. that because if a woman can say to herself my husband's the one who has the issue but i am willing to stay in this marriage without a child she is letting go of the fact that she can go marry another man and have a child but she is choosing mm-hmm. to stay with you Mm-hmm. But if it's the right. man, all of a sudden people tell you, oh, no, 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 you go find another woman. Mm-hmm. Why is it that mm-hmm. we are always expecting women to be the one to sacrifice, right? Like, why is it that we tell the women, ah, toga la mom rek sude sa jiker amulta amdom sa, toga chisa negi sebi rek nga japale kononu. So nyunge wa jigen bine, mom su amudom sa, bahna na chijapa nonu rek paski gorgi munuta amdom. Why would they you know what i mean it cannot be a one-sided treatment or a one-sided conversation so that's what i wanted us to highlight a little bit but um uh, let me get into the mandinka right quick mbadingol bimbe munka chak ang na platform oto wolondoronko uh dinsoto balia bimbe wole kachakang komun ninke woni muso fututa wati dol ka sotere muyalonko wala dol bi jele muyalonko e bukadingo soto ika kata ya kata ya kata fo sanji jama dingo buka soto so bitumbe wole ko kacakam bi wolondoronko a nyongol ka sotole mol kono muyalonko isaje ke woni muso fututa bari manna dingo soto so bitum be mum fo ka wolonko mo ndemu doktor doktor oti so na doktor diamo be mum fala dro wolonko natara muso i fututa ibakata la puruka dingo soto ya kata ya kata fo sanji killing iman dingo soto yo ni wo sanji killing o tambite nyanta tala lopital le saje ni ke ma eta nyola yal mo fulo be balo check ka jube fo maybe fenne ya tinna sa sale bi jeban wala fo fenne be kono kono ba mumbe bali kampuri ye dingo soto ba fo ke wo fanan you know fenne ba te fanan bala ba muya tinna dingo man soto no so ibaji la le ko nal ya kata fo sanji killing dingo man nano alita lopitan yal mufulo be check so barinatara musoning itambita sanji tan sabani lulula ni futata sanji tan sabani lulula anin ka selewoti domanding natara musoning ifututa imam futu juna ifututa sanji tan sabanyongolani santo yo ni futata sanji tan sabani lulu yo ifututa bitu yakata yakata mandingo soto yo sanji ni wonyongol ikane batu fo sanji kilingo be tambide mulialon koy man sanji tan sabani lulu soto wolli nyante batula fo yakata yakata fo sanji kiling yenata lopitano to bari natre mumusoti mulialon koy tambita sanji tan sabani lulu lale yo ite kana kare ikana ikana sanji kilingo batu you know ibe batlale fo kari woro nyongol ni kari woro batu 
you know ibaka tala ibaka tala ni kema ni man na dingosoto itefana italo pitani ni kema yal check juna wole koita so barimbe mumfola bidro wolon ko din soto balia din soto balia wati dola kakeke wala la akakeke wala kewala karoleti din soto balia wati dola kake musola karoleti so mbe munka chala bidro wolon ko alingan hakkilotu nimmusoni kewo fututa digoman soto je mobe boy musoka iba nenna iba malundila you know uh, silokan iba folai ko itele mandingo sotono itele beteng itele beteng alinga wakata ngawubula because woman bete yakamol malundi silokan ndunga beka ke musolletide musonyin katuwo dronne hacha filambe o malundila mba mba meseyandila silokan wati dol abuka ke musonyin nakoti problemo nyin abe kewole bala so alinka mira wala jama jama janimbe boyla musokan mba mba mba, mba tora lamba fenkendila mba nenna molkono you know because dingo alale kadi ikaje le sign sign fem manke musola fem manke kewala ya kata nyawo nya e mandi ngosoto o fana soto tale so din soto balia manke ko fenne be mun kewani musola wati dol fem buka ke mo fulo bela alale kake dorong wonya so bitum ba fola ko bitum alinga hakkiloto ibaje lale ko nin jamabi je ni mandi ngofana soto o fana nga beteata isitano a a a a isitano yeseda dingola you know yedindingo ta yedindingo topoto isitano sos yedindingo nyininje muya lonko isata ya sedela ya topoto koy fango dingo alinga bulambe jelela molla wala mba fola moliko haware karite dingoti ifango mawulu yedingo wulu imawulu ni ya topoto koy ta o muy dingoleti so ibaje lele ko basite woto fente woto you know muso wati dol dol sedingo soto kewo wati dol dol sedingo soto wati dol ita soto la wo be alale kake you know so mbakat mbafola ko bitum alinga hakkilotu nali musoje siloka a alkakara nyininka e kumbawo muntumale tedum be wulula ay tewo felenti jay betendoro ima imam fenno imantara din sotoka alinga o nyoma lundi robula because wati do akakele ko ibe musoje nyininka bedokan muntumala be dingo sotola amam fenno amam fenkete ya tara mari ay kono balale nu akonoti nyata ite mawolo so iba malundi lambe dokan so alingan hakkilo to diamu sifa doto so binna kachabe munu woleti dromba fola ko you know dindingo lo woke balo wo nimfutu wo be kere you know natre mumu soti kewole man kewole man dingo sotono jama jama ikajele jama mol ka foyele ko hayni kema e si doron hanama dingo sotoyna e si bari bajele ko natre musole man dingo sotono katamani kilin mobe wuli ya fokewe ko tayeta musudo nyine abulaje wala tasi na nyine ngai tenin tenin ten alinga wole bula because nim musola nim muso sontaka sikewe hanike o man dingo soto bara sontaka siaye ate fota ding sotola because alafta sila futuoto ka kewo sutura alinga fana ngawo 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 fana fokewe kewol fana inyantale mbaring mbaring kewol anina onkulol nina brother sol alfana kasong alla musoli nima muso dingo sotono alfana yeso yedorong alni yesi nyokanje komun itol fana be sutura la nyame natara no ketetelela so binna kachabe munu woleti all right go ahead you guys i i hope i did it justice uh no what the fewa you met is
saying is Cissé on. Um, it seems she's having some connection issues. So we're going to bring her on next weekend for part two of mm -hmm. our infertility um, episode so that we can also mm -hmm. have her share her story, her journey, as well as her nonprofit organization, which she has in Gambia. So I think it's time for us to wrap it up um, and we can just go ahead sure. and give our so takeaways. My takeaway, Dr. Nafi. I think, is in general, infertility, it, um, it's something that affects a lot of women. Obviously, we know uh, worldwide, you know, it has many causes, some of which are treatable, others are not. But what we need to make sure, my takeaway would be, do not um, tie your self-worth and self-value on being a mother or motherhood. So we need to make sure that we are kind, we are sensitive to these people that are going through this journey. We need to stop pressuring and publicly shaming women, right? That it is their fault, because as we've mentioned here today, it is you know, partly it could be the man's fault, uh, the same amount of um, percentage, it could be the woman's fault. So we need to make sure we're not just bashing on women and telling them that it's their fault. Something like this is, is it needs support, community support. If somebody's going through something like this, the family members needs to make sure that they are helpful and not adding to the pressure for the person, right? And, and just mm -hmm. to say that, uh, not everybody is meant to have biological children and, and that is okay and that's all right. So there are other avenues you could do. You could do adoption. And if you're somebody who is in your late 20s, early 30s, and you have not been, you're not married yet, you can always look into freezing your eggs. This might be something more for people in um the diaspora, as opposed to people in Gambia, right? And you can look into things like IVF, which also can be a bit costly. I know in the U.S., IVF can IVF, sorry, can uh, range from like twelve to like forty thousand dollars per cycle. So they can be very, mm -hmm. very costly. Um, and so our men folk and our uncles, our brothers, you know, please be open to uh, discussing right? These kinds of issues and be supportive to your partner through this journey, right? Uh, because otherwise it'd be a long, lonely road to go through it by mm -hmm. yourself. So that's my take is just to make sure you surround yourself with support and for the community to please, please, please be sensitive and stop shaming people. Mm -hmm. And I would say too, um, I mean, those are great points, but I would also say too that, you know, we need to um, change or uh, I wouldn't say unlearn about not loving what really came from you and um, what did not come from you and to really um, consider adoption. There's so many children in this world that really need um, homes that, you know, if we only opened our hearts to it and consider them as one of ours and not just say, okay, then Cosido, they just, you know, we grew up together mm -hmm. or whatever. But really, mm -hmm. that's your brother, that's your sister. And look at them, you know, just like your own biological children and open our mm -hmm. hearts to it. Um, I think, you know, that could really mean something for our community. Another thing that I would say, you know, when we heard from sister, I think everything that she was saying was really great, but her relationship with her mom just really got to me. 
um, you know, when she's saying that she cannot even have those conversations. And now if she gets, you know, she conceives or, you know, she gets pregnant, she doesn't even know she'll talk to her mom mm-hmm. about it. And it just made me think, you know, how fortunate I am um, to have the relationship that I have with my mom. Like, I can tell her anything. I mean, some things you may not want to hear, but, <laughs> you know, um, with my own mom, but like, you know, like I'm pregnant. Like, those are the, like, I, I just, I mean, she was there for all of my deliveries and you know for all her grandkids actually she was in the room in the hospital room and just the blessings of that um and you know um there's so much happening in this world and you know when she was talking there's so much emotions just coming to me thinking about that and today it just so happened I was listening to this hutbah Friday hutbah and it was about you know being grateful um for the little things in your life and, you know, counting those blessings. And when as she's speaking, I'm thinking about that is a blessing. Like, I never thought of it as a blessing. I mean, obviously, it's a blessing, right? But I never really sat down and, and said, oh, it's just normal. But no, it's actually not normal what I have, you know, the relationship that I have with my mom and so many other because in the Gambia, you know, once you have the daughters and the daughters start going through puberty, like Anna, I think I think and Dr. Nafi, you, you shared as well. It's like you don't talk to the daughters about you know um, puberty. You don't talk to them about your periods. That's it. It's like they grow up, they raise mm-hmm. themselves. So you don't have to have those conversations. And it goes into like infertility. It goes into um, you know labor, into postpartum, into all these things that later mm-hmm. on, that these conversations are not being you know um, had at home where it could actually even maybe, you know, help ease some of the tension. You know, I've, I felt like even though she was really open mm-hmm. about it, it's something that really hurts mm-hmm. her. That's why she's not digging deep. She's like, oh, yeah, but but it's fine. It's just the way it is. But nobody wants that. You know what I mean? So I would just encourage, please, our listeners, you know, let's change. Let's break that cycle. Let's change this. Um, you know, for our next generation. So our daughters don't go through this. Let's talk to them. Let's just listen to them. And I know sometimes it's difficult conversations. I mean, nobody wants to hear that your child, you know, um, maybe it's having difficulties, um, you know, conceiving, but at least, um, you know, be there, support them. Um, You know, other, you know, prayers are great. And, and any other things that, you know, you could, you could go through with, with them holding their hands going through that would be, would be um, a beautiful thing. So Anna, next to you. Thank you. Thank you, you, ladies. Um, I think we had a great episode today. Uh, My takeaway is just that, you know, there's a high cost, an emotional cost, physical cost, and a financial cost to infertility. So let's mm-hmm. just be aware and try to be more sensitive. Let's stop ah! asking women, mm. yeah. let's just start there. Stop asking right. women, when are you getting married? And when are you having children? Mm-hmm. Those questions are if offensive. Those questions questions are invasive Mm -hmm. those questions are rude and crude and it's none of your business Mm -hmm. it's just none of your business like try and figure out where you're going to get your next orgasm don't worry about somebody getting married and having a baby on that note ladies we had a wonderful